Hi there, I'm Rebecca Lowe. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You look at the table, and Burnley moves up to 19th off the bottom of the table. Sheffield United now in 20th for Brighton. They pick up the single point, six points, now one back of Manchester United. We showed you Danny Welbeck in the middle of everything, making his first start for Brighton, seeking his first goal for Brighton. He was denied. Here's what he had to say just moments ago. Danny, does that feel like two points dropped tonight? Yeah, it was an opportunity where we could have got three points tonight, and... Uh... Unfortunately, we didn't get them. Um, There's a few chances that we, we could have maybe made the final pass a bit better and uh, some uh, opportunities that we didn't put away, but we'll work on that and uh, we'll take the points tonight and we'll move on. Best chances came in the first half, didn't they too? Drop to you. How do you think you dealt with them? Yeah, I think, um, obviously, uh, Nick made a good save um, in the, for the first one and then uh, the second one, I can't quite remember it. Um, Boys come over my shoulder. Would have got a better touch, um, but that will come with the match sharpness, you know, playing more games and more, getting more minutes and, yeah, feeling uh, feeling better each week in training and with the minutes and the matches, that's, uh, that's only going to help me. Help yeah, I was going to say, it's been a frustrating time for you of late, hasn't it? Yeah. How did you find your, your first start for Brighton this evening? Yeah, well, it could have ended better, you know, uh, with getting three points and getting a goal. Um, but uh, it's difficult, you know. Uh, Burnley made it tough for us, and uh, we know the sort of game that we, we came to expect tonight. Um, but um, we tried our best to get the three points, it didn't happen. Me and Tarkovsky have been around for a few years, haven't you? I'm sure you've had a few battles with them. What's it like playing against this Burnley backline? Yeah, I thought you meant you then, but you meant me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I've been, played against them for years, and you know what you're going to come across. And yeah, they make it, they make it tough, and the balls into the box, they make it, they defend them very well. So you've got to be pretty cute with your movement, movement, and the balls into the box. So yeah, they kept a clean sheet tonight, which I'm disappointed with. Thanks very much for your time tonight. Cheers. Thank Cheers. You. All right, obviously, Welbeck knows he had some opportunities, could have scored, but he says, we'll take the one point and we move on. If you're Brighton and you're trying to put some space in between yeah. yourself and that bottom, how disappointed should you be in just getting the point here? I'd be very disappointed. I, I can already anticipate what Graham Potter's going to say, that uh, we played well, we dominated the game, uh, mm-hmm. it was a good performance, and it's just it's the same song and dance. What I will say is... Danny Welbeck offers them something different. He gets in between the defenders. He leads the line. How many balls went over top and slip passes through? He offers them something different, which is a breath of fresh air. It's something they can cling on to, knowing that they're going to get chances in behind. But again, it's just not good enough. The only thing I would say to that, and I totally agree with that, the, the way that Welbeck plays, is that that might take Neil Mope a little bit further mm. away from goal. And Mope did a great job many times getting in, in the little spaces where he can receive the ball, he gets turned and he sets off the attacks. 
but it has him a little bit further away from goal because Danny Welbeck is there. You know, where there's a way that he can play high as well, because I think Mope is the best finisher at the football club. Um, so that's something that maybe the manager will try and work on. Burnley, going forward, at this point, still three goals on the season. Over the last two games, one yeah. shot on target. Where are the goals going to come the, from? Well, they're struggling badly. Bad performance, bad build-up play. Couldn't manage to, to get enough territory to force set pieces where they're very strong at. They've got one thing going for them that is very, very important. They've got a good goalkeeper and they've got a good back form mm -hmm. and people are fit. They've defended really well today, disciplined, positional-wise, putting the you know, defenders making blocks, goalkeeper yep. making saves. That's what's keeping them afloat right now because their general game is really struggling. Yeah, and, and I think when you talk about the Premier League, you can get the defensive part right. You can just drill it and drill yeah. it and drill it. The worrying part is when you, when you can't find goals, when you're not even creating opportunities, mm -hmm. let alone finding goals, it's worrying. The Southampton team, best start through eight Premier League matches. Matches, this you go back to 2014, 2015, same start there as well. Pretty interesting for Southampton considering their actual sluggish start where they dropped their first three matches over all competitions. So quite a turnaround for them. They get the victory. They are atop the Premier League table. Let's hear from Theo Walcott. Theo, three points which take you right to the top of the table. Was that exactly what your performance deserved tonight? 100%. Just look at my face right now, smiling, <laughs> you know. I, it's, it's an absolutely fantastic achievement at this moment in time. I think it's the first time in the club's history and to be part of that as well, um, where it all started for me. You know, it's an absolute honour, to be honest. And uh, to play at St Mary's today as well, it's sadly no fans, but it just shows that, you know, we work hard for each other and um, we've got so much trust. And it's showing, the work's showing. So, you know, it's, we're there on, you know, by performances, it just shows. It was a great start. You had a hand in it, didn't you? Was that just reward for a fast, energetic opening to this game by Southampton? Of course, that's what we've been doing from, from day one. You know, that's, that's the sort of team we are. We like to hunt in packs. We work together, like I say, before the trust is in that team. And, yeah, you know, we, we like to counter-press, and we do, do very well, and obviously the goal as well. I think you just had to hit Shea's foot, to be honest, to go in, you know, amount of power put on it for him. But, um, yeah, as well, he, he took the goal very well. But just in the end, there's always a worry 1-0 when we dominate the game so much you know I've been in a lot of I've had so much experience in games like that before mm. when you're dominating and then something happens but it just shows the character we got in that in that in that team you know we've got some leaders in that in that dressing room as well and obviously Stuart at the end they're getting that goal as much deserved yeah. did you think you were going to get a goal yourself did, in that first fair, half yeah you know it'll come you know but I'm I've been you know I've been contributing a lot on the, the assist side of front so uh, as long as the team keeps winning you know I'm sure I'll get my goal soon but like I say it's, it's nice to get the three points and the team are doing you know fantastic well to be part of this like I say is an absolute honour yeah Theo, second half, you went down under a challenge from Jamal Lascelles. Was that a penalty in your mind? No. No, I spoke to him afterwards and he had to go in, I had to go in, and it's one of those, it's just foot on foot. It's not really going to... Yeah, I didn't think it was a penalty, but I felt it, trust me, I felt everything, just like my wrist. I'm a bruised man right now, but, you know, I got back up and, uh, you know, in the end it was the right decision, yeah. Playing in that more forward central role tonight, how much did you enjoy it and what did the manager ask of you tonight in it? I've enjoyed every minute since I've been here, no matter where I'm playing in this, in this team. So, you know, the manager, i played in three different positions now in three games um, and I've enjoyed every minute of them all. So, obviously, Danny's a massive miss um, and for now I can sort of fill that void. Um, but, you know, it'd be, it'd be nice to get Danny on, the, on that pitch soon. But like I say, I really enjoy playing up front. You know, I don't think the last time I played up front in the two might have been with Kenwin Jones, I'm not sure. I don't know how long ago or Ricardo Fuller. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a long time. But like I say, I've, it's, it's natural to me. Any of those frontline positions, I'll, I'll happily do 
good job for the team. You know, it's it's all about working hard. That's the main main goal, uh, and then you get your rewards at the end of it. You said you had a bruising night. Tell us exactly what happened to your hand. In the I end. don't even know. I ran into someone. Well, someone ran into me, and uh, I felt my finger break. I don't know what what I've done. My wrist is very numb right now. Put it that way. Um, so I've got a couple of weeks now to recover, uh, and then we can move on to Wolves. But um, yeah, it's uh, like I say, it's um, well deserved tonight. You've had a lot of special nights in your career, haven't you? Your first game in a Southampton shirt here in, what, 15 years now? That's one you remember too, isn't it? Oh, of course. You know, it's, uh, I've got some great memories here and I want to make new ones, of course. And uh, like I said before, to be part of this right now, um, you know, it was very, I was very lucky to get this, this move as well. Um, so I'm grateful for everyone who made that happen. But like I said, I just want to continue playing football. Like I said, I feel, feel like a kid again. And that's what I want to do, uh, express myself. And, and the manager's got faith in me and the team. Um, and I think it's shown on the field. Big night for you and Southampton. Enjoy it. Thank you very much. We will. Thank you. Cheers. All right, he's a bruised man. He's clearly a very happy man. And why not Southampton atop the table, something that they've never finished a day in the Premier League before. This is a team I mentioned. They stumbled out of the gate, those three losses over all competitions, now atop the table. He talked about characters. He talked about leaders. He also talked about a manager that had faith in him. Ralph Hasenhutl, how much credit does he deserve right now? I give him a ton of credit. Absolutely do, because I love, a, as, as Rebecca and Robbie and Tim know now, that I love a manager that you can see what they're trying to do. You, I like a proactive manager that, that's applying a plan. You can see a plan at Southampton. That's why I really am enjoying them this season, because the way that they play, a little bit different, a little bit unusual, uh, high-pressing, good tempo. Again, the unusual way that the wide players work, that give them an extra man in midfield, and mm. Newcastle had no answer for it. So that all comes from the manager. All that comes from the manager. Of course, the players have got, to, have got to understand it, they've got to implement it, and the development as well of Shay Adams and Theo Walker. I've never seen a player so happy by them. Mm. I have to be booted in the, in the ankles. <laughs> but I thought it should have been a penalty kick. He obviously wasn't bothered about it. But, yeah, the manager and the players, they're in a, just in a great run at the moment. And, and being top of the Premier League, wow, that must feel pretty good. Well, let me echo that because Hassan Huddle spoke after those three, early three games. He said, we just need time on the training ground, which, which shows me he has a ton of confidence in himself. Came back early from the break. They've been working. It, it took time to get up to speed. But as he said, tactically, they, they get set up in a 4-4-2, which means you think they're going to have width. There's absolutely zero width when it, <laughs> when it comes to Southampton. And why it works is they outnumber you in the midfield but they're not greedy players. They're very unselfish. They pass the ball. They bop it one and two touches in, in one side, out the other. And you, can't, and you saw Newcastle. They couldn't get near them, right? But then Theo Walcott talks about hunting in packs. So not only are they unselfish on the ball, they're unselfish when the ball turns over. They're right at it. They're top of the table right now. They may not be easily by the end of the weekend. But trying to get this done without Danny Ings out for the next four to six weeks, what's a realistic finish for this team? Wow. Uh, a realistic finish is top eight. Mm-hmm. And that will be, that's still difficult given the teams. But the way they're going right now, and Ings, we don't think is going to be any more than six weeks, is what we've been yeah. told, reports mm-hmm. say. And the clubs say that. So that would be good. But it's just, you know, the confidence, they've got to, they've got to keep mm-hmm. it going. And, that, and that's the issue now for them. And, and look, I, I, th- I think whether we think they'll finish eighth or just above the top half of the table, they'll be in that dressing room now thinking Europe is our is, is yeah. realistic for us. We need to push on. We're outplaying teams. We've got talent. Let's get ourselves into Europe. They'll have to hold on to something because they won't be at the top of the table. Quickly, Newcastle. Frustrating? Oh, my goodness. I, I think so. I've been frustrated. Again, I said at halftime, he won't change anything until the end. And we saw the two, big sub, the, the two big guys come on the last 15 minutes to try and throw the ball forward. Two things. They were getting absolutely outnumbered in midfield. Did nothing about it. And when you've got Jack... Um, Jack Stevens playing at left back, who's a centre back. Mm-hmm. 
well, put one of your... Put one of your, your main guys on that right side to give him a problem. Didn't do that either. So sometimes frustrates me, Steve Bruce, Tim, when you're seeing stuff and he's very happy to let it drift, drift, drift. It's only 1-0. We might get something from it. He didn't. They conceded the second goal. And I think Newcastle fans would be frustrated. Yeah, massively frustrated. In fairness to Steve Bruce, they've come away from home against a really good side and they've given them two goals. They gifted them two goals. Yes. Sometimes yeah. the ball just needs to go. They didn't really do a lot else wrong. Their goalkeeper played well. But they've given them two goals. So the, the long way back up to Newcastle, they'd be very frustrated. So at the moment, Tim, Manchester United are either really good or really bad. Today they were really good. Brilliant reaction. Where does this leave the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer situation, though? Um, almost the same as it started, other than that they feel good, good about themselves today. Um, there are some days they turn up. And other days, they just roll over. And you can't quite figure this team out. What I did like was, I'm almost certain, I have to think, Solskjaer said, I need a response. I need you to roll your sleeves up, and I need you to dig in. Which is why he put Pogba on the bench, because I thought Martial, Rashford, Juan Mata, even, and, and Bruno Fernandes were just at it. They were aggressive, more aggressive than I have seen them without the ball. Pressed, hurried up Everton. They were very, very good. Uh, good in possession, which you expect from the Man United team. But out of possession, they were dogged and determined. And that, to me, is a response. It's a very good response. So, if the Pochettino story is true, has he just been put on hold, do you think, after this victory? Do you think that is still going to happen at some point? I don't know if it'll happen at some point because, well, this was a good response, good victory. Um, this talks a lot about, you know, does the team still back Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? I think so, based off that performance. Pochettino is a wanted man. He's going to go somewhere mm. across Europe. If he gets pinched out from under their nose, now they've got a dilemma because if this continues to flip-flop the way Manchester United has flip-flopped, then they've lost their man that they want to bring in. Line for Everton. No winning four, three straight defeats. Was all that stuff at the beginning of the season about this is a new Everton just, yeah. just a myth? A little bit worrying in the sense that they started off so well. They've been very pedestrian in some of their performances recently. James, who we know is their star player, wasn't really anywhere to be found today. Again, credit goes to Man United. You start to worry if people are going to say, same old Everton here. So they've got, it. they've got a lot to do in the next couple of games to put that right. Earlier this morning, United fell behind but scored three to beat Everton thanks to two from Bruno Fernandes and one from Edison Cavani for his first Manchester United goal. We're going to hear from the manager, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but first the captain, here's Harry Maguire. It was a test, of course, as well in, in other respects in, in the fact that people were questioning the attitude of the players, the, whether there was a, a lack of leadership in the dressing room, but the result tells a story and also the fact that you came back from a goal down. Yeah, it's important to, to bounce back from setbacks. Uh, we did it away at Newcastle, uh, we conceded early then and we bounced back. It, we started the game really well, to be honest, and um, we found ourselves conceding a, a disappointing goal um, from something that it was pretty, just a long ball, direct, uh, should, have, should have had better cover. Um, but no, I think, think like you say, the, we've, we've been questioned, but we, we, we know we don't answer them on in 90 minutes we answer them day in day out at the training ground and I can for sure stand here as captain and say the lads are working tirelessly they all want to do so well for this club the gaffer and the staff have to drag people off the training ground they're working they're working hard everyone wants to, to improve everyone wants to do better and we're all in it together so no that's only what I can say is, that, is the message is that we're, we're, we're working as hard as we can to, to get where we want to be you said two defeats Ollie was, was like a punch in the stomach so I assume you've got your breath back today because that must have been very satisfying 
Of course it is, because, you know, we were set up to fail. I can't. I, I said to you before. I want to want to talk to, uh, to you about the kickoff time before the game and this. They set up the boys to fail. We got Luke Shaw injured today because of we've been to Turkey. We played loads of games this season already, and we've been to Turkey Wednesday night. Come Thursday morning, we're back in. We're playing Saturday lunchtime kickoff. It's an absolute shambles, and I can't praise the boys enough for that character they've shown. That's that's all I want to talk to, talk about today. Them boys, they deserve better than being thrown out here for, to fail today. So that's what we saw, a bit of character from your side, from yeah. the squad, because people are talking, I've been talking to Harry, I've been talking to Bruno about the questions about leadership in the dressing room, taking responsibility. You think those questions have been answered properly today? Well, authorities set us up to fail. We've tried. How can they set us up after a Champions League game Wednesday night and in Turkey and set us a Saturday 12.30 kickoff? You've got Liverpool, City, yeah, fair play. They play against each other. They played on Tuesday, play Sunday. Who's it responsible? I, I just, we've had enough of that. I've had enough. Because players this season, we have to, as I said it yesterday, we have to understand how these players in these times, pandemic, uh, how mentally draining that is, physically draining this is, and, and you set them up like this. We've lost Luke Shaw because of that. It's, That's it. Uh, the demands on a big club are, are very, very difficult. And, and I suppose yeah, they're so, made... so set, set us up on a Sunday then. There's absolutely no problem on Sunday. It's an international break after. So ab- no argument whatsoever. It's just a joke. Let's talk about the performances of the players as well. Brilliant. And Bruno Fernandes, two goals, fabulous performance. Top, absolutely top, fantastic. After a Thursday night like or a Thursday morning coming back, I, I just go back to that one all the time. And they've shown that today. They, they We spoke about it. They're not going to have the pleasure of seeing us lose again. And Cavani scored the first of possibly many goals. Hopefully, hopefully. He's, uh, he's getting better and better and sharper and sharper. Today he was just uh, trying to finish the game off because we, uh, we did well. Just quickly update us on the state of, of, of the injury sense. What's Luke Shaw's injury? Could you also t- clarify what's happened to Mason Greenwood, who wasn't in the squad today? Yeah, he wasn't feeling well last night. It looked well in training, looked OK. And then uh, reported not well, can't travel. And Luke? Luke uh, hamstring, that might be a long one. Rashford, I think he's struggling. Uh, it looked like he had a shoulder injury. Yeah, it looked like it. So that's the demands on the players. It's just, uh, well... Well, you got through. Yeah, we did. They, they deserve all the praise. Well done. So Crystal Palace beat Leeds United by four goals to one. Robbie, it's a strange result in some ways because, as Don Hutchinson said, every time they attack, they look good going forward, Palace. But this Leeds team are so strange because they're so lovely to watch, but they mm. lose by 4-1 and yep. 4-1 on Last Monday. Week. Yeah, I know. Mm. It's, it's, uh, this is the way it's going to be. It's all or nothing with Leeds United. All or nothing. So they're going to go bomb forward, and if it's a day where the forwards are in form, they get a break, or in around the box... Um, they're going to score a lot of goals. Today they didn't, and they're very open. And Palace, I mean, it's not often we talk about Palace winning by four goals, to be fair. But again, they were bright. They played, I thought they started the game really well, took their chances, got a little bit of fortune with the, with the own goal. But full value, I thought. I thought Palace were really, really good. Mm. Your headlines? Well, Leeds, when they're, when they're good, they're really good. And when they're bad, they're really bad. And it, it, they don't really play from a shape. It's kind of a bit helter-skelter and all over the place and pressing it. And if your teams are starting to find out, just, just absorb that a little bit and then be really clinical when you get forward to get on the ball. And Palace were very clinical on the ball. They took their chances really well and made them, and made them suffer. And like I said, the, the, the goal gets ruled off by Bamford. But I, I don't even know if they win the game after that. It's a crucial turning mm-hmm. point. But the Crystal Palace were very, very good today. 
So Leeds United came into this one off that defeat to Leicester City on Monday by four goals to one. Palace came into it off the back of the defeat against Wolves by two goals to nil. Both came in on the back of a loss. It's Palace that take away all three points. Robbie Musto. Mm. Why would you do this? <clears throat> because he's confident in his ability to pull this off. This is a difficult technique because he's going fast and then he slows down. And, of course, these chips, when you get them right, are really difficult to stop. But it's risky because it's difficult technique to go. He's, he's going to fail, he's going to hit it hard, and then he slows down and tries to dink it. And it looks awful, awful when you get it wrong. And I feel for him, but, of course, it's the wrong decision. When you do that, you've got to score. But it's a difficult, tricky technique to pull off. At the best of times, not when it's like the gamers on that kick. Well, that's the point. They're struggling. Fulham are just outside the drop zone by a point. We're in stoppage time. It is a chance from 12 yards to get a point. It's unacceptable. <laughs> Tim actually I've never, I got up, walked around the desk, put his head in his hands. Robbie, yeah, you got to be kidding me. <sighs> Every point's going to count. They're going to come to the back end of the season and they're going to be desperate for points. You take the ball and you stick it in the back of the net. Forget these tears and all that. I've got no remorse for this. I wouldn't pat him on the back. I'd be devastated if I was his teammate. And I'll tell you what, Scott Parker, he, to say he won't be happy would be an understatement. I mean, that's just, it's, it's cheeky. You do that when you're up 4 nothing and you're cruising. This is, Fulham needs the ball to hit the back of the net and at least get a point out of this. That's interesting that you mm, have mm, no mm, sympathy no, for him. no. And you don't think Scott Parker will either? He shouldn't. He wanted to be cheeky. He wanted to be clever. And then a few seconds later, when he gets saved, it's all, look at me, shirt over my head. No chance. Uh, maybe, maybe it's harsh. I'd be devastated if I was his teammate. Agree. It's a bad decision. Mm -hmm. It's a difficult technique to pull off at the best of times. Mm. Even so, when you really need it and the pressure's on, that's, that's, we don't often see that. It's like Tim said there, you see it sometimes when there's less pressure. But he attempted to do it, and he had the confidence that he could pull that off. If that technique's done well, it's really hard to stop. But it's difficult, I'll say it again. It's not the right, the, 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 the right decision because he missed. And that's where the anger and the frustration will come from. I totally get it. What do you think it'll be like in the dressing room? Right Quiet now, as anything. Quiet as anything. There'll be a mix of anger. There'll be a mix of people trying to console him because he's, he's obviously devastated with that. Um, lesson learned. I'm not sure the manager will be ripping shreds off of him, but it's a disappointing decision from a young player that's given that responsibility. Nobody else want to step up to a penalty? You know, he did. Just quickly, if you're in there right now, would you go up to him and console him or would you keep no, your distance? No, I'd be, I'd be quiet. I'd be quiet, sulking in the corner mm. because, it's just, as I said, it's unacceptable. Fulham fights so hard for every single point that needs to be put away. Oh, what a punch to the stomach there. The thoughts of his manager, Scott Parker. Scott, you were heading for a draw then to concede so late and have that late penalty saved. How would you sum up your feelings after such a dramatic end? Well, I, I think probably the, the, the main... Um, there's two talking points, obviously, is the first one is their goal. In terms of the player is in an offside position and my defender's had to deal with that when he's offside. I don't know the rule, but... You work and work on offsides, and my player, in terms of is Haller interfering with him, well, he is, because he's had to head the ball. And then from there, obviously, they, they score. And then the other talk, talking point is obviously the penalty. Um, the, the boys made a mistake, and I think that's clear. I think you can miss a penalty, but you can't miss a penalty like that. And um, Addy knows that. Addy, um, Addy's the first to understand that. And when you're young, and, and you're learning, 
you have to learn quick. Um, but yeah, that, that's how I see it really. I don't know the offside rule, and this is not me um, making excuses in any way or, 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 or probably steering away from the talking point which you want to make probably, which is the penalty miss. Um, yeah, the, the player's in an offside position when the ball goes into the box, and then my centre half has had to head the ball. You can't, you can't leave it. There's a player on his shoulder which he knows. He's had to deal with that first, the first phase of it. So, yeah, that's that's where it's really frustrating for you. Your players though did pick themselves up straight away to to win that yeah. penalty as well. How is Adamola now? Yeah, he's disappointed and rightly so. Uh, you know, he he, he understands that. Um, like I said, yeah, I think he he understands that you. You can miss a penalty, everyone can miss penalties, of course they can, but you have to miss a penalty in a certain way, so um, of course he's disappointed, but this is part and parcel of football, this is part and parcel of, of growing as players, as growing as individuals, as growing as a team, and um, we'll learn from this for sure, we'll get around him now, um, and we'll go from there. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Tim, it's a really interesting day. It began with Southampton top of the league, then Tottenham went top of the league. Now Leicester have gone top of the league and Liverpool could go top of the yeah. league later. When you're looking at all these teams vying at the top, we saw Spurs earlier on, 1-0. Mm. Leicester today, 1-0. We're seeing teams able to win some weekends brilliantly and other yeah. weekends like today for both of those teams grinding it out. It's a good sign. You need, If you want to compete at the top end of the table and... You know, dare I say, win the league, you're going to have to grind out results. You're not going to be able to have free-flowing football all the time. This is the English Premier League. And look for Leicester City, big win here. They, they've been able to breeze past teams. Today was more of a, a grind it out. Then after the break, they go to Liverpool. So really interesting times. Brendan Rodgers has a superb reputation. Is there anything this season that surprised you about his team? Yeah, I, I didn't expect them to be so good, Rebecca, mm. to be honest with you. I thought it might be difficult to kind of get the excitement levels up again. Leicester got the first part of last season. Um, we know their recruitment is, is ridiculously good. Wesley Fafana looks like a Rolls Royce. Yeah. And he's just proven himself. He's a good manager, Brendan Rodgers. He's a top manager with... I just went through. There's four first-team players that are not available. I think three of them are defenders. And yet, with 21-year-olds, 19-year-olds, new players, he's still managing to win six out of eight in the Premier League. Really, really good stuff from Leicester. Let's hear from the Liverpool captain, Jordan Henderson. Jordan, it finished honours even. What did you make of it? <laughs> I thought it was a good game. You know, tactically it was a good game. Always difficult against City, a fantastic team. So we knew it was going to be difficult. It was going to be times where we needed to suffer without the ball. But I felt as though the work rate was phenomenal, you know, and uh, the shape was really good for the team. Um, 
yeah, we can do one or two things better, create maybe a few more chances and stuff. But overall, I thought it was a solid performance, especially defensively. Um, I would have liked to have gone on and won the game. You know, I, felt though, I felt as though it was there for us to win. Um, but at the same time, I think a point away at City, you've got to take that because they are a very good team. Particularly in the last 20, was it a case of keep what you've got, don't gamble too much? I still felt, I still felt as though we could get the winner. You know, the quality that we've got up front only takes one moment to get that. So I still was confident we could. Um, even though we're in a medium block, I felt quite comfortable defending, you know. Um, it was a lot of work, but it always going to be against City, you know. So, no, I thought overall um, the performance was good. Um, but it's always going to be tough here, you know. They're a fantastic team, like I say, and um, I think you've got to take a point and move on. You flew out of the blocks. Do you think it was a statement of intent with the side that the manager picked and the formation? Yeah, it was a slight change, um, but it doesn't change the way that we play, you know, in terms of the intensity and the movement. I thought the, the forward players, of course, they've got quality going forward with the ball, but the work rate is outstanding as well, as you've seen today. I thought they the, the worked really hard and they make our life easier behind them. So defensively, I was really pleased with the performance. I thought we were pretty solid, um, but we just just lacked that final final uh, final edge in the, in the final third to get the, to get the winning goal. No team ever likes to concede a penalty, but what did you make of the manner in which you conceded it today? The pen. <laughs> I'm good. Obviously, people will say that I'm biased because it's against us, but I think I've seen one in the, in the Leicester game, you know, before, and it's similar. I, felt, I find it so difficult for defenders, you know. I mean, the, the pace in which De Bruyne crosses the ball, Joe's running back towards his own goal, so he's like in a running motion and it, and it hit, hits his hand. So for the defenders where they're going to put their arms Colin you know? Cody said today we just don't know where to put our arms now well exactly I think it's so difficult for the defenders when they're trying to stop crosses or, or they're running back towards their own goal they don't know where to, to put their arms I thought it was harsh but, but they've, they've been pretty consistent you know like you said in the, in the Leicester game they give it today they've give it um, so in terms of the law they'll probably say it's a penalty but for us as players I think it's, it's harsh and it's tough for the defenders to, to get their arms out of the way of that. John Henderson there speaking really intelligently about this handball situation. Consistency, yes, but the rule needs changing. We need to address it. We're going to take you back to Lee Dixon and Arlo White at the Etihad. What are you laughing at, chaps? Well, I just wonder, Lee, this is where you put if you were still playing, where would you put your arms? I'd be like this. I'd wear a coat and I'd tuck <laughs> them in like that and I'd run around like this. I mean, come on. To the letter of the law. I don't care. OK. Next question. OK. Well, we were at, at half-time. Everyone was buzzing, all the commentators yeah. around here in what is an empty stadium. We'd just seen a fabulous, very exciting first 45 minutes. And we couldn't wait for the second half to start. So what happened? I think what we saw in the first half was some brilliant... Liverpool at their best, Man City almost at the best as well. I think it was a brilliant adver advert for the Premier League. And I think second half, what we saw was <laughs> two managers and two sets of players going... God, we've only played six or seven games. We've got all this to do for ever. And it seems like that's what the season's going to drag on and on and on and on and on. And I think the players are kind of, you know, subconsciously aware of that. Mm. And you get a little drop off in the second half because of the physicality of it, the mental draining of it. And so ultimately you, you're kind of in a position where you're kind of going, oh, we've got another game in three days. Let's mm. just, you know, maybe we'll nick a win. Or So I think that's what we saw. And, I, and it was a shame because the first half was scintillating mm. stuff. So having said that then, who would be the happier of the two with a point? Well, I think Manchester City probably 
wanting to win the game because of being five points behind. So Liverpool, I think from that point of view, away from home, not got not got a brilliant record here. Um, so Jurgen Klopp would be quite pleased with that. What he won't be, or he'd be disappointed with, with was the injury to Alexander Arnold. I think that's a big one. He looked like mm. a calf strain, be out for two or three weeks, if you know, maybe more. So mm. that's a downer. So I think probably one all was about right, fair result. But second half was just a little bit disappointed, mm. to be honest with you. Have a great international break, Lee. Uh, good luck to little Seaman, the only person on the planet who wants the next game, Rebecca, <laughs> to end nil-nil. <laughs> Goodbye from the Etihad. We'll see you after the break. Thank you, chaps. Thank you very much indeed. Um, Tim, who will be happier, Liverpool with that? I think Liverpool, yeah, they had to make some, some changes, which I'm not sure Jurgen Klopp would have wanted to coming out of halftime, again, with the injury to Alexander-Arnold, um, withdrawing from, you know, which I thought was a surprise because it certainly signals his intent, you know, uh, with one change, you figured Jota was going to come off or Firmino. What do you mean signals his intent? You mean going forward? He, he's yeah, seeing just, Jota more now? I think? think so. I think so. You know, it was going to be one of those two, it seemed like anyway. Uh, I could be wrong, but I, it just seems like Jota's the, the golden boy at the moment. So, uh, But yeah, I think they'll be happier. Again, away from home, a point against City, where I thought City had some really, really guilt-edged chances and should have won the game. So, yeah, Liverpool would be happier. Second half, there wasn't a lot to talk about, except the fact that the talking point is that there wasn't a lot to talk about. Because, mm. as Lee was saying there, the amount of games, the difficult situation that these players find themselves in. But there isn't a huge amount of choice. They have to just get on with it, don't they, Robbie? They do. Um, rotation is what can save these squads. But with a game like that, you know, you don't really want to rest and rotate your key players. And I've got to say, I'm sure it's not every game, but it feels like, and we're pretty much watching every game the last yeah. few weeks, it feels like every game somebody's getting a muscle injury. Mm. I, just, I just think back to the United game and, and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer complained about the amount of games. Luke Shaw went off with a suspected muscle injury. They're up 40% muscle injuries this yeah, season. Yeah, 40, 40, 40 47% or something, I, I heard so. That's what makes it difficult. And I know we all love it, and I, I know it's great entertainment, but at some point, that's why the five-sub thing last season mm. in the... Uh, from lockdown was mm -hmm. good, and maybe they should have done it again this season. Is there a way they can help the players in, in terms of training? Is there a way they just they, they don't train, they just recover and then they play? But then how do you change it's, the form of the team? It's a vicious cycle. The answer is to have more time, which they don't have, and to have the five sub rule come back. It's the only way to give players a proper rest. You can't come off the boil in training because. That's a team like Liverpool. The reason their mm. their numbers are so high in terms of high intensity running is because they're training. They keep themselves right. taking over. That's football at the highest level. I mean, they're, you could use a, a bigger squad, Tim. Like you could play some of the younger ones, but but mm. it hurts their chances of winning, and that's the difficult part. I, I guess to to avoid injuries, they're going to have to do that more. Play more young players and give. But as you said, squad rotation. You're not going to ro rotate your squad today. Not not for this game, but yeah. other games maybe they have to do that a little more. Well, there is talk of another possible vote yeah. um, on the sub rule at some point in the next um, couple of months. Mm. Anyone concerned? City are eleventh. Well, the only thing with that, Rebecca, look at the table. They're, game in hand. They've got a game in hand. If they win that, they're two points behind Liverpool. So a part of me was thinking in the second half as well, when it all went totally slowed down, is like maybe both of these sides are happy with the point. City. Couldn't afford to lose the game. Thought, you know what, this is OK. Uh, and it's still tight. There's a ton of games to go. Two points behind if they win that game in hand. Mm. Aguero's going to come back from, from, uh, from uh, injury. Again, defensively, tough game today. But I still think there's, there's real improvement there in that back four for, for Man City that will help them as the season goes on. So, you know, of course, both teams will feel they can win the title this season. And they, they can, in my opinion. Mm. But maybe another reason was just they thought, you know what, this is kind of a decent result for us yeah, both. I just think it, the concerning thing isn't today. They should, I think they should have won today. It's that they've just been 
stuttering, sputtering over the, over the start of the season. They just haven't picked up the results, and that's why they are where they are on the table. I know they have a game in hand. Mm. Look, Gabriel Jesus is back. All he, all he does is seem to score goals in the three games he's played so far this season. So it's good that they have a proper number nine. OK, after the international break, just to let you know, uh, Man City go to Tottenham and Liverpool host Leicester City at Anfield. That is after the international break, which begins tomorrow. This was the chance to win it. And you'd probably have laid your mortgage on Kevin De Bruyne scoring from the spot. But nope. 1-1, it ended between City and Liverpool at the Etihad. Let's hear from both managers, starting with his, Pep Guardiola. You said to us before the game that Gabriel Jesus brings something special. Did he show that with that goal? Yeah, three games, three goals. So that's good. So incredible. So he trained not much and his physicality and everything. So he was really good. Do you also praise his courage because he said to us, I just have to try these things, the movement for the goal. So I just have to try it. Yeah, of course. Of course. So now, big compliment from, from Gabriel. It was, was, was really good. You said it was a fair result. Is it a game that could have gone either way in that last 20 minutes? Is it a game where you needed 100% concentration on both sides? Yeah, I think at the end, when you cannot win in 80 minutes, 85, you cannot lose it, you know? When you play against a contender like Liverpool, you have to try to, to win, but at the end, you cannot lose. Um, and, uh, yeah, in general, it was a tight game, fighting, and uh, we know each other quite well. So, yeah, what it is. Saw you speaking at the final whistle. Were you saying, fair enough, fair result? When you spoke to Jürgen at the end? Yeah, yeah. No, we didn't speak about it at all. We speak about uh, we have to fight again and again about five substitutions. Look, international English player, Alexander Trenarno, he's injured. So, in all around the world, if I substitution, but here we believe we are more special people on league and just three players. We don't protect the players, and that's why it's a disaster. So, with this calendar, we come from especially year before and whatever. So, I will demand if the people allow my boys to have to come back with a substitution to help the players, the managers, and everywhere to, uh, to do it. If not, it's difficult to sustain it. Well, Jürgen, uh, are you a happy Liverpool manager this evening with that? Yeah, absolutely, because I like the performance. It was, a, it was a, an interesting, <laughs> very interesting game. A lot of tactical stuff on the pitch, but filled with um, legs and life and energy and stuff like both teams played on an incredible energy level to, to close the other team down, to use the, f the few opportunities to work for them, to play for them and all that stuff. So I thought that was a, a top, top, top game. Super fast start from your side. Was that all part of the plan? Oh, the plan is actually start fast, stay fast, finish faster. But um, that's not always possible. <laughs> um, no, but City is a top team, so they adapted. Obviously, they, 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 we had 10 minutes where we didn't close the half spaces. These 10 minutes, uh, and then they were just where when they scored a goal, when Kevin De Bruyne got the ball, we couldn't on a, we couldn't close the wing. So Gini left the centre exactly there. They passed the ball. Kevin De Bruyne can, can turn, can go in a box, and in the end, somebody puts the ball in the net. Um, so then the penalty, yes, was not a, not a real situation. It's just a cross, um, which hits then obviously Joe. But um, apart from that, I think it's a game where, with, the, with the lowest number of chances um, for City so far when we, when we played them. Um, even when we won, they had more chances, clear-cut chances tonight. They didn't have that many. That's a proper compliment for the boys. What's your take on handball at the moment? I didn't see it yet. I didn't see it yet. So, um, 
we have other problems. Yeah, handball is of course a problem, and in that situation, and I know we wanted. I think we wanted as well a penalty or whatever. So from a from close distance, I cannot. I have no not really a lot to say about that. But we we, we all we have to we have to talk that. Um, what Ole said yesterday, I had two weeks ago a, um, a talk to Paul Molnar from the Premier League because I said no team who plays on Wednesday night away or in Champions League should have the 12.30 kickoff on Saturday. That's not allowed. And Tottenham played on Thursday in Ludograd and had today the 12 o'clock kickoff. Honestly, you play Sunday, no problem. Play Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, but not the 12.30. That's a complete killer. You wake up and you play football after in a complete recovery phase. The Premier League has to change that. It's not possible. And with Sky BT, you, everybody has to talk to each other. Sit on the table. You want, you want to have good football? So then give the boys at least a few hours more. We don't ask for next day or Monday night because that's not possible as the next game coming. We had after the triple header in the... In the last international break, we played at 12.30. The boys played Wednesday night in Peru. So, and I played that's not possible. Somebody has to start thinking. Paul Molnar, Paul Molnar told me he cannot change it, but he's doing the, he's doing the, 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 the fixture, so somebody else has to step in now. Well, a couple of things he's clearly on his mind there. The, the injury to Trent and the five substitutions which we mentioned, but also the TV schedule that we've heard from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. We've heard it now from Jurgen Klopp. I'm sure that Pep Guardiola will be pushed on his press conference as well. Where do you stand on... On this, do you think Klopp will force through a change, him and his fellow managers, with the broadcasters in the Premier League to try and give them more time when they come back from Europe? Well, there's, there's two things here, isn't there? There's a sub thing, which we'll, I guess we'll get onto. Yeah. But this is this is the the scheduling of games. Yeah. And again, I might ask you to, to describe it because it's, it's all about TV it, picking it, it, where they change the game. It is. I mean, in the United Kingdom, there are on the whole there are two broadcasters for the Premier League, two main broadcasters, Sky and BT. This weekend, for example, the first pick was this game. This was a Sky game. This was picked for the, the perfect Sunday afternoon football, 4.30pm in the UK. Second pick was BT. BT picked Manchester United. They went to Everton early on Saturday. And that's why we saw right. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer so mad. But it's BT's first pick. That is their choice. And of course, we, have to, we also have to say that the broadcasters pay a huge amount of money to the football clubs in order to show the game. So there is some and now balance the, the there. The club now wants, or Man United would want BT Sport to say, well, don't pick us because we've travelled a long way. Mm. It's really hard to try and figure that out for the broadcaster and the, and the, and the teams. The only thing I would say to him to that is the, the subs, back on the subs thing, mm. if there was five subs, then that would give them a bit of a break in terms of rotation and, and we might not be seeing the injuries we're seeing right now. Well, that's right, but, but the, the pressure is going to be from Jurgen Klopp and his fellow managers to the Premier League, and the Premier League is going to say to the television, ultimately, here are the teams you can pick from as your first choice because X, Y, and Z played in Europe on Wednesday or Thursday. And, and to get to that, as Klopp said, they all need to sit around a mm -hmm. table mm -hmm. and communicate. And the five subs rule for the smaller clubs, the likes of Burnley and Brighton, do not want to see Manchester City choosing from five substitutes mm -hmm. to bring on in the second half when they only maybe can't even make five substitutes mm -hmm. on the bench. Wow, what a game. And the first thing I've got to say is... I got that wrong. Mm. You know, I expected a half-time, a reaction from Arsenal. Mm -hmm. The Villa on the back of two losses, conceding plenty of goals. I thought Arsenal would be a lot better. But it was Aston Villa that absolutely bossed the game, were fantastic. I tell you what, when you see him play like that, with the attacking players that they've got and the midfield creativity mm. and the defensive strength that we saw again against Arsenal today, that looks a really, really good team. I don't know how you call this Premier League season. They bossed, as you said... Two miserable performances from Aston Villa back-to-back -back coming into this yeah. game. So you just thought they could go to Arsenal here and really get overrun. I mean, they, they were, at the end there, they were still flying. wanting more and more and flying forward. It's almost as if 
Arsenal was down a man or, or something. It was very strange because I, I, I'm with you. I thought, okay, Mikel Arteta didn't get the reaction he wanted coming into the game because he rested players, a lot of players, midweek. So maybe they're slow starters, no problem. Get into them at halftime, let them know, unacceptable, make a few changes and come out different second half. There was no change. There was, there was nothing to their performance. I, I just think, just following on from Aston Villa, sixth in the table right now, mm-hmm. with the additions uh, that have made them much better mm-hmm. in goal, defensively at right back, Ross Barkley, strong game yeah. today. And yeah. he hasn't always been great. Mm-hmm. He's been a little bit inconsistent. And Ollie Watkins, Tim, mm-hmm. that looks like a goal scorer that loves scoring and he's got the ability, the pace, the hunger to score goals in the Premier League. Those players have really made this team a different team this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ollie Watkins, a player who, I, who I've fallen in love with. He reminds me a lot of Dominic Calvert-Lewin at, at Everton in the mm-hmm. sense that he will challenge for balls in the air. He can link up play. He's got a soft little touch when he comes back for the ball. He's strong enough, fast enough to run it behind. And more than anything for a number nine, he gets himself right in between the two posts in the middle of the goal, and he mm. scores goals. The joint worst result for Arsenal under Mikel Arteta, and mm. um, we've talked a lot about how things are progressing mm. and it looks better organised and some players are in good spots. A bit of a hiccup, mm. or is it more than a hiccup? Have they got things to worry about, or is it just a bad day at the office for Arsenal? It's both. It's a bad day, it's a bad day at the office. It's a little bit worrying. Aston Villa sits sixth on merit. They've played well enough to be there. And, and Arsenal are 11th in the table. And we showed a graphic last week that showed Unai Emre, his results versus Mikel Arteta's yeah. results. And we thought perception. Mikel Arteta's yeah. gone in there and he's changed the club around. And yet the results weren't far but off. It looks better, Tim, it, doesn't it? It looks better until you see results like this. You talk about mm. Arsenal free-flowing football. They're not scoring goals. They've actually, these goals have dried up. Mm. So... It's worrying. Absolutely, it's worrying. That, that would be my concern. I, I think defensively they look better. Mm. And midfield now with Partey, it looks like he's got an injury. Wait yeah. for confirmation on that. But the front players, Tim. Mm. Willian started like a house on fire, by the mm-hmm. way, for Arsenal. And recently, nothing. Lacazette, we talked about half-time. Mm. Aubameyang's got a little bit quiet. Are they good enough? Are they as good as we think we are, P- particularly Lacazette and, uh, and Willian? W- Willian, for me, is the concern. Coming into it, I said he's made a, he's made a move across town. Right, from, from one London club to another. It's comfortable. He's kind of coming toward the end of his career. This seemed easy, but started off really well. Two assists. He was getting on the ball, coming in the pockets. He wanted to be a part of the game, always looking for it. And then he's fallen off, and I start to wonder in terms of recruitment. When you yeah. recruit an older player like that who maybe doesn't have the legs anymore, once you have to roll your sleeves up and dig in, do they think, not for me anymore? So he's teetering on that. Mm, worrying times. Mm. Okay, let's get some reaction. Ollie Watkins, the Villa goal scorer, is speaking afterwards right now. Ollie, how special a night was that for you and Aston Villa? Yeah, most importantly, we got the three points, obviously, against a good side here uh, at the Emirates. Unbelievable, I think. Worked so hard, you know, first half, side to side, trying to, you know, we know their game, they're going to pass it and move it. Just got cut off the lines into the midfield and I felt like we, we did that first half and um, second half it gave us the, the freedom to go and, go and play. And how big a boost is it for you as a team having had those two heavy defeats to come here tonight and keep a clean sheet as well? Yeah, obviously against a great side as well. You know, we've, we've conceded quite a few goals the last couple of games but you know, it's how we, how we bounce back and uh, we've done that tonight. Six goals for you now in the Premier League. How are you enjoying this step up from the Championship? Yeah, I'm loving it. Um, obviously there may be a bit of pressure you know new signing stuff like that everyone wants you to perform but I've got to get my head down and just work hard that's what I'm trying to do and 
and uh, get goals and uh, thankfully it's, it's, it's happening. It's a very much or new look Aston Villa side with the likes of yourselves arriving. You're up to six tonight. How much more is it to come from this team? Yeah, I think a lot, you know. You've seen it tonight, you've seen it against Liverpool and the start of the season. Once we got our shape right and um, and our tactics, you know, I think we're we're a great side and we can and we can beat anyone. Well, well done. Thank you, Ralph. And as an Arsenal fan, how I much know. did you enjoy that? Yeah, loving it. I'm <laughs> sure my, uh, my granddad and my Uncle Baz are going to be too happy about that because they're Arsenal fans. I'm an Arsenal fan myself, but, um, yeah, I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing. I'll just switch off the phone on the way home. It'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll, they'll love it. But, um, yeah, I'm over the moon. Well done, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.